This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. My name's Michael Connolly, and it is my pleasure to again take you on this journey of basket casey goodness with my partner in crime. Partner in crime? No, you're my partner in basket casey goodness. So <laughs> it's my pleasure to take you on this journey of crime. Yeah, actually, we might talk about it anyway. I'd like to introduce my brother, Steve. G'day, Steve. How you doing? Some of our jokes are criminal. <laughs> <laughs> basket casey jokes. I'm really well. How you doing? Yes, true. Well, better now, as you know, I've had three weeks away. Hence why we've had a little bit of a break. You had surgery earlier in the year and I had some surgery later in the year. Year for surgery. Year for surgery, yeah. And my son Ethan also had some, the little tennis playing genius that he he is. uh, Had his wrist chopped up. You had your back chopped up. I had my nose chopped up. Our dad had his hip chopped up. Yes. Yeah. We live to tell the tale. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I um, can't vouch for... Uh, the long-term effects of anesthesia or endone, however, I'm very happy to leave them behind. <laughs> the short-term effects are all right, though. <laughs> yes. So last time, Steve, we talked about the price-sensitive nature of clubs. And that was a really interesting discussion because where we, what we were talking about is how clubs sometimes confuse the fact that spending a lot of time is okay to save a little bit of money, not realizing the opportunity cost of the time that they're spending. So there's quite a bit that we talked about, but that was one of the cruxes that we wanted to come back to for this episode today Mm. and really talk then about, okay, so if making more money is required because we need to spend money. And this is what's fascinating. In a world where we have inflation that I I suppose it's a little bit surprising coming out of COVID, none of us were really, including the RBA, weren't expecting inflation to run rampant until probably 2024. And here we are still in 2022, we're now October, and we've got inflation that is just starting to ease. It's been running rampant. And so we've got interest rates going up again. We've got Petrol still bumping its head on the ceiling of $2 a litre. We've got milk going up, which it should, looking after our poor dairy farmers. Our expenses go up everywhere, yet we're still, in a lot of cases, paying the same amount for a season of footy that we were in 1984. Mm. So we've really got to have a good look at at the fact that, to reiterate, not-for-profit doesn't mean no profit, and uh, the clubs of all shapes and sizes are businesses. We're selling things, we're providing services, therefore we are in business. So we've got to realise the cost of doing business and make sure that we have a way of recouping that. So what I want yep. to talk with you today about, Steve, is how to do that. Just as you were good, I'm looking forward to this discussion, as always. Um, but as you were talking about inflation, I, my mind was cast back to a meeting that I was in recently with a not-for-profit surf lifesaving club. And early on in the discussion, we were talking about inflation and the cost of things you know, blowing up and that being quite unexpected, as you said. And, and then later in it, in the exact same discussion, some of the most um, uh, kind of vehement contributors to the discussion about inflation and the cost of living skyrocketing were the ones arguing to continue to place downward pressure on the club's <laughs> membership fees. I was really hoping you weren't going to finish that story like that. <laughs> so because- was, oh no, and of course, I called it out and I pointed to it. I said, yeah. hold on, hold on. We're living in the same world, but it's just- Yeah, our costs are going up as a club. Exactly. Yes. <sighs> So oh, we need to recognise that we're a business and pass those costs on, at least in 
some degree. So, and and we're not being assholes by saying this. We're, we've got to be clear about that. We're not just saying go and make more money no. because it's okay to be greedy. This is not about greed. This is about sustainability. This being is about- here in 10, 15, 50 yes. years time. Yes, exactly. So for those people who are saying, oh, we need to make sure that we keep our fees cheap because mm. people are paying so much everywhere else. Yeah. People are used to yeah. oh, they're used to paying more. And if and if we don't move with the market, guess what that means? Yeah. It means we are net result, we are going backwards. And going backwards, <laughs> there's a time limit, Steve. And that time limit is yeah. based on how quick. So the, the rate of backwards, the, the rate of velocity in reverse that you're going and how much money you've got left in the bank. Because the latter, the faster the former, the faster the latter will deteriorate down to zero. And when you get to zero, you're not here anymore. And then you can't do what it is that you do. So this is a discussion about sustainability, not a discussion about greed. So I think it's important that we get that on the table up front. But it, yeah, if you need any more prompting as to why it's okay to avoid that price sensitive nature of that is typical in clubs, please do go back and listen to the, our previous episode because mm. it, it will give you the foundation for what we're about to talk about. So Steve, let me tell you a story. And I'm sure that many of our listeners, because this happens every time I tell this story, many of our listeners will say, man, are you a fly on the wall in our meetings? <laughs> so it's typically, and this is a good time of year to talk about it, early October, this is leading up to AGM season. So we have a lot of groups now, particularly the winter sports and all of our community organizations whose financial years end at the end of June. We've got a lot of them moving up to their AGMs and it's about this time of year that somebody, and it's often somebody meek and who's got really good ideas, but doesn't necessarily speak up at the meeting at the committee or board meeting before the AGM says, maybe we should have a look at our fees. You know, a little upward inflection means that there's a question mark on the end of it. Yes, we should have a look at our fees. Anyway, so what happens is we all sit around and we, we sit around and we rasp our chin and we look into space and, and then we start pontificating about what sort of increase in fees might be acceptable to our community, to our members. We say, yeah, well, look, well, when, how long has it been since we've raised fees? And somebody says, oh, look, it's been, it's been at least seven years. I guarantee you, Steve, if somebody says it's been at least seven years, it's probably more like 17. Yeah. Time moves so <laughs> fast. And the last three years have rocketed by because we've all been so worried about recovery from bloody COVID. The, 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 it's just come and gone very quickly. So it's, it's possibly a decade or two since fees have moved significantly, not yeah. even by CP. Steve. So not even based on what is an, av- a, an average of the amount of inflation that everyone's experiencing across the board in every aspect of their lives, which means that we as clubs are doing the same thing. They just yeah. haven't moved at all. And so which just- has been moderate for the last, what, 15 years. Really. It has been. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and so that and they're not even that- keeping up with that. Yeah. Not even keeping up with with the inflation that in their fees. So what they're in their expenses, sorry. So what they're doing then is making money to pay for the additional costs of living for the club mm-hmm. from other business units. Yep. So that money that they're making from sausage sizzles, from selling merchandise, from running events, from sponsorships isn't cream for growth yeah. and implementing new product, new products, new services, new programs, new activities, new events, new facilities, new equipment, or better of all of the above. Mm-hmm. They're just spending it to subsidize the fact that they've, they've had increasing costs. And what underpins all of those other business units? What is it that's needed to make sure that they're able to generate money? Yeah. People. A good core business. Volunteers. The yep. people who are the ones sitting around the table saying, we've got to keep prices down and i know that we've harped on about this in the past 
they are the ones who are contributing more time, more effort to ensure that the fees can remain in their mind, you know, reasonable for mm. the, the members. But it's, and they're not testing anything though. So they don't know what reasonable is because they're only basing it on yep. what people have paid up to date, not what people might pay if they know that they have to. Oh, and as you said in the last episode, even what the club down the road's charging, who gives a yeah. shit? It, maybe their business model is very different from yours or yeah. more likely, maybe they're not charging enough. Mm, yeah. Or yeah. Level of service. Maybe they're not as good as you Maybe. And what are they doing to their volunteers? How are their yep. volunteers feeling? How much sleep are they getting on the weekends? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Quite possibly not enough. Yeah. Oh, this just brings up a discussion that I was having only yesterday um, with a gentleman involved in an AFL club that has recently set up quite a, comprehensive community and well-being hub an innovative model that uh, helps to support their delivery of community afl participation opportunities and he was explaining that running the canteen just got too big a job for the volunteers so they've got a commercial operator in there running a community cafe and mm. not only are they no longer draining their limited volunteer resources but people are happy because there's you know a, a cafe quality food available when people turn up to you know watch their kids play footy so that outside the box business-like thinking sorry outside the traditional volunteer delivered sporting box yep. business type thinking um we're seeing more and more roll out and COVID has been a an interesting disruption for a lot of clubs and it's forced them to think quite differently uh these guys had already rolled out this model prior to 2020 but i think it, it just highlights the importance of applying different thinking and, and a different mindset when you're sitting around the boardroom table, <laughs> making decisions that are just going to put further strain on you as the same eight people, same 10 people, same three people, whatever that core group mm -hmm. of people in your organization is that, you know, is uh, aimed at keeping costs down for members because yeah. that is a false economy. And the longer, just one other thing that popped into my mind when you were talking about that, you know, oh, it's probably been seven years since our fees have, since we've had a fee increase, more more likely being something like 17 years. The longer that time goes on, when your fees are set at, at a particular point, the harder it becomes to change that price point because people just get more and more used to that fee being yep. what they pay each year and the cultural acceptance becomes so deeply ingrained that it's really hard to make a change. Yeah, yep. digging their own grave almost. So in these meetings, Steve, what happens is people sit around and then they start gazing into space and asking me their chin, as I said, and thinking, oh, so how long's it been? Yeah, maybe seven years, maybe 17. Yeah. So what do you reckon? What do you reckon we should increase our fees by? Maybe, uh, maybe five bucks, five bucks, yeah. five bucks. Everyone looks around saying five bucks, five bucks. And then we go, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I reckon five bucks. So what? boggles me about this, Steve, is that nobody's actually pulled out any sets of financials. Nobody's done any maths and thought not what do we think is okay or what do we think is acceptable, but what do we need to increase our fees to? Yep. So where I want to take the conversation now is how exactly how to do that. So this is going to be a really practical example and we'll share with you a tool that can help you do this at the end of the session as into the session at the end of the at the end of the sermon. We'll share <laughs> with you a tool that can you can take away to do this on your own. But it is amazingly powerful. And we've done this at every single level of organization from the tiniest little kind of 20 member level what we call a level zero club you know one a tiny club where an organized where one family moving away would have a material impact on the viability of the organization so a tiny little club mm. through to state level organizations so this is this is the sort of tool that is absolutely effective and it's just a little bit different 
we came up with this tool when I was in, I think I was in Mackay and had run a session one night dealing with the club and just we were brainstorming how to figure out how to increase their fees and they were really receptive to the ideas so i had a whiteboard and they said okay so let's start by working out what it costs us to run our business so what we need to do though is to separate what it costs us to run our primary business so in sport that is everything it costs us to put our kids our players on the field our swimmers in the pool our riders on the bikes whatever it is what what is everything it costs us now that that list of everything that it costs us is actually pretty long so mm. before we go through what that list entails let's jump over to the other side of the ledger and look at the income side you got a smile on your oh, face. I'm chuckling because it's not a long list. <laughs> yes, this one's not a long list. This is a very short list. So on the income side, but, but we've got to do the same thing. We've got to separate yep. all of our other business units, what I call here our ancillary income, from our either sport-related or activity-related income, depending on what type of organisation. So let's for the for the purposes of this example, let's stick to sport. So for our sport-related income is everything we charge to our customers that is directly linked to us providing our main service, so our sport. For most clubs, when you do a really critical analysis of this, it's one line item. It's our membership fee. It's call it what you like, membership fee, subscription fee. This is the fee that the people, our members, our customers have to pay to take part in our activities in the first place. And typically they pay it once a year. So in addition to that, you might have match fees. So if you also then charge a a $7, $10, $12 match fee per week to raise enough income then to pay for the refs and and whatever other volunteers are moving from volunteer roles to paid roles, line marking, setting up the fields, all of those sorts of things, that that might be it. So Mm. you've got membership registration fees, you've got game fees if you charge them, many don't. And then you might have other things like if, if you take a gate, for instance, so when you're running home game days, if you charge a, a fee for people to get in, it's it's rare, very rare in junior sport, happens a little bit in a little bit in senior sport, particularly in the in the main ma- major leagues. Mm. And the only other thing might be if you run um, more commercial like coaching clinics, school holiday camps, those sorts of things. But that's about it. So I can't think of any more any more than those four. And in most cases, it's going to be one. It's only going to be membership fees. So that's mm. not a very big, long list. The ancillary income then is all of the income we make from our other business units. So on that, in that list, I've got things like all of our canteen income, our bar income, if we run a bar, our clothing, uniforms and merchandise sales. This is not um, playing strips though. This would be training things. So things that aren't compulsory. If things there's a that fee people f- can choose to buy. Exactly. So if there's a if there's a fee that you have to charge for uniforms for playing strips, then that's different. That's sport related. And but if it's just merchandise and other sorts of clothing like supporters caps and the like, then that's ancillary. You've also got facility high. So if you hire your fields to other groups to use the fields if you hire your clubhouse to other groups for community meetings and those sorts of things again ancillary it's not part of your core income sponsorship and fundraising go here as well because they shouldn't be so too many groups look at sponsorship and say well we're going to go and get sponsors for our jerseys so what you're going to try and get three thousand dollars worth of sponsors because it's going to cost you three thousand dollars to get jerseys and say yeah you've got to separate that out we'll come back to sponsorship as a bigger discussion but Mm. it's separate from what it costs so if you need three thousand dollars for your for your playing uniforms then that should be part of 
what you're charging to the people who'll be wearing them. And the money that the sponsors then pay to have signs on them and the promotion that they get should be the cream that sits on top of that. Yes. So all of that ancillary income should all be cream. If you get this right, if the holy grail at the end of the equation is that if you get your income, your your sport-related income to be at or in excess of your sport-related expenditure, then everything you make from all of the ancillary business units is your cream for growth. And it's having that cream for growth that means that we don't just rewind to the last episode. That means we no longer need to have that price-sensitive nature to our operations and our thinking, which means that all of the time that our volunteers are spending is not spent wasted. It's spent on the highest and best use of their time. It's spent on strategy. It's spent on important things that aren't just running around fighting fires. It's spent Mm. on constitutional reviews. It's spent on structural reviews. It's set on professional development of everyone from the administrative volunteers and staff all the way through to our coaches and our managers and our officials. So then let's get back to the expenditure list. The expenditure list is is really, really a long list because the, the, the things that we must pay to be able to put our kids on the field, our swimmers in the pool, et cetera, is everything it costs us to have access to those facilities plus everything it costs us to be and remain an incorporated association. So if we pay affiliation fees up the line, then that's sport-related expenditure. So it goes in the list of things that we need to consider. So remember that the, what we're trying to do here is create a list of the things that we must spend. So our, our costs of living, our fixed costs that we must spend, so that we can then work out, based on that list, how much we need to be charging to the people the user pays, how much we need to be charging to our customers who are using those services. So because it also includes the stuff that we need to be incorporated, we've got accountancy fees, audit fees, advertising fees, the signage, our bank fees and charges, on the field stuff. So cleaning, we're cleaning of our, our change rooms, cleaning of our toilets, coaching fees, our electricity costs, our all of our other services costs, water, waste, lease fees, rent that we're paying rates if we pay them to council, if we're doing any printing, if we're doing any Facebook paid paid promotion, all of this is stuff that we have to do to be able to run our business. If we've got salaries and wages that we're paying to people and that goes in there. So if if it's because we need these people to run our business or we need these people to run our sport, our presentation day expenses, our facility improvement fund, our facility maintenance funds, our repairs funds. So this is the, the list of things that we have to spend. So that's a very big, long list. One of the really um, important points to note here about this list and about the tool that, that you're talking through is that a lot of people are probably listening to that list thinking, gosh, how are we ever going to remember all of those things that we have to spend money on? And the easiest thing to do the easiest way to start is to grab your audited financial statements. Yes. Grab your most yep. recent financials and have a look at the income and expenditure lists. And you'll probably see that there's quite a difference in the length of those lists, but uh, income will you'll you'll generally be drawn to the items of income. You think, oh look, we're making a lot of money. No, Michael and Stephen, mm. crazy. <laughs> but you need to determine whether they're where's it coming from. That's right, income on which you can rely or discretionary income in terms of whether people can choose to spend that money with you or not. And that's the clincher because everything else then, our discretionary, all of those other business units, that's all discretionary income. So mum and dad might choose to spend money on the registration fees, but because one of them lost their jobs for a little while, then they need to cut back. So they won't cut back on providing this, the, the sport for their kids, but they might come, cut back on the amount they spend at the canteen or the bar, or they yep. might cut back on the sponsorship if they're running a small business. Mm. 
So then the ancillary expenditure is exactly the same list as the ancillary income. It's cost of goods sold for canteen, cost of goods sold for bar, cost of goods sold for merchandise, fundraising expenses and sponsorship expenses. And that's it. Now, for clarity though, Steve, we leave grants out of this. So yep. grants is money in, money out for a specific project. So we don't include that in this list. That's a, that's a separate that's a separate exercise. Having said that, if you use this tool and you run a good business, your need for grants is going to decrease. <laughs> yeah, but when the when your need for grants decreases, you know what happens. You get more grants because you're a good business. Yep. <laughs> so exactly that's right. the irony. So, so you want a great to investment pro- proposition. Yes. Ride the gravy train. Choo. So when you look at your audited audited financials, you might see that the bottom line generates a profit. But when you break it down like this and your auditor ain't going to do it, your accountant ain't going to do it, this little tool, it's just a simple Excel workbook. This tool will do it for you. Just take out those chunks and say what's sport related and what's not. So while Mm. the bottom line might be positive, when you actually look at how you're subsidizing the cost of putting kids on the field, pool, track, whatever by your other business units, it decreases the sustainability of your organization. So that's why you don't want to do it. So many organizations are doing just that. They're propping themselves up with the discretionary income or the uh, what should be the cream. Yep. And then they're doing so unknowingly. They don't even yep. realize because that's the same thing that the volunteers before them did as well. So Yep. Yep. And look, we are revisiting a story here. I think the episode was called Socks and Sausages. So I encourage you to go and <laughs> yep. re-listen to that one as well once we're done here. So then the next part of the uh, the exercise is then, to, well, let's just do the maths. What's mm. our income from sport? What's our expenditure from sport? And then that final sheet, that final tab in the workbook will show you if you're making a loss. So are you making a loss on your sports-related income and expenditure? Now, if that loss is minimal, you might, as a committee, then decide, but now you're doing it based on in- good information. So you can make an informed decision to say, okay, our loss in this case is $10 per member on average. And this, this we don't get too complicated in doing this. We're not breaking it down on the different price points for the different uh, for different age groups or different levels of, of your offering. Yep. It's just on average, that's what we're losing per member. You might say, look, that's reasonable. Okay, we will work to decrease that over time. So we will start we will start moving our fees and we will do it every year. But we're happy with that because we have a, a overall sustainable sustainable business. But the worst I've seen, Steve, is a seven hundred dollar loss per member. Whoa, I've seen five hundred, but yeah, wow, seven hundred. <laughs> mine was mine was a hockey club or association that ran a facility, and they had not been putting any money aside for a sinking fund. Oh, so yeah, they okay. were making up for lost time as well. So they when and but when they realised that it was oh my god we're in strife and the very solvency of our organisation is in jeopardy here. So they yep. but they only realised that for the first time when they did this they were looking at their financials every single year they were putting their hand up to adopt them at every AGM but nobody had said let's do something about it. Mm. If, however, you look at that loss and you say, no, that's not good enough, we need, we're going to need to increase our fees, as we say in a number of occasions, take a journey, not a jump. So don't just increase your fees. If it's a $50 loss, don't go bang, there you go, everyone's paying $50 extra next year because that's going to be a public relations faux pas. But you can still achieve the same result by telegraphing to everyone that over the next X number of years, say three years, we will be increasing fees incrementally until we get to this point. And then there will be a CPI adjustment every year. And then, and don't ever have fees static. So as you said before, get people used to the fact that like everything else, we pay a little bit extra every year and don't round it to the nearest dollar. Mm-hmm. Don't round it to the nearest five or 10. If your fees need to be $167.12, Everyone pays electronically anyway. So make it $167.12. So the final piece of the puzzle then is the public relations 
part of part of the story. It is the graph that is generated so that if somebody says, why are you increasing our fees? We've been paying the same for year after year. You sure? And then you can say, well, we've done the analysis. And what we've worked out is that we, for us to still be here, for your kids to be able to play in a few years, we need to increase our fees. And so it generates a pie chart that just shows not the dollar value, but the percentage of our sport-related expenditure. And it just puts it in a pie. And you can say to your members, look, we've worked on this and we don't think that there's any chunks of this pie that we can take out. If you think there's one that can go, sure, let's get rid of it. But we don't think that there's one there. So you've then been very transparent with everyone. You're not getting down to tin tax and saying, well, of your $167.12, $82.06 goes up here and $14 goes. You, you don't, don't, don't muck around with that. Mm. But at least you're then able to say, this is, this is where we're at. And we've seen this tool used to great effect in exactly that way to justify incremental changes in pricing structure right up to the state sporting organization level yep um obviously also at grassroots club level but yeah even at state level where we've you know sometimes change can be really difficult because you've got representatives of clubs or zones voting at that meeting the uh, <laughs> the 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 sentiment can often be of those people in the room voting. Well, you know, I've got to, got to think about how I'm going to defend this decision when I get back to my club or back to my region. And if there's hard and fast facts in black and white, there, it, it makes the decision making process more transparent, as you say, but but also much easier to yeah. justify. So there's only one secret in this that I do want to share because it's important that our committees know how to use this. And it's the one that's called facility improvements. So we've got maintenance, we've got repairs in there. So that's where you can add an allowance to the fact that you can you can pretty much bank on a stove, uh, an oven, a hot water system, or an air conditioner going back through the year at some point. So you're going to have to budget a few, few thousand dollars to replace the stuff that just is going to die anyway. Obviously, if you've got a good asset management system like Asset Track, you'll have that programmed in beforehand. But the facility improvement line item, that's the one where you can control a little bit the size of the wedge of the pie there. So this is, in effect, your sinking fund contribution. But my advice is don't call it a sinking fund contribution because to those grumpy parents who are kicking up a stink about you increasing your prices by $13 and not by five, mm. they're gonna when you so show me this bloody pie chart you got. So look, what's this sinking fund shit? What is it? Does building sinking? Does it need underpinning? No, no, no. That's where we contribute funds for the fact that in the future we're going to have to replace our in the future. I'm not gonna be here in the future. I don't care Give about the, I don't care about the future. I'll be gone then. I'm not paying for them. <laughs> they can pay for themselves. Oh, Yes. So that's why we don't call it because it's kind of a red rag to a bull. But when you say this is our facility, oh, I want improved facilities. Yes, because that's actually what it is. And because the facility improvements are very likely to still be there, be required when that family is still there, mm. just take the red rag to a bull away. Yep. Uh, just quickly then, the depreciation line item in financial statements is often a bit of a starting point for considering what organisations should be putting aside in their facility improvement fund. Because a lot of organizations, including those with synthetic, very expensive to replace playing surfaces like hockey associations and, you know, some big football clubs um, uh, that aren't putting anything away, they can have a look at their depreciation line item, which is a non-cash expense expense on their financial statements. And 
there's no tax benefit to those organisations that are income tax exempt, showing a depreci- a non-cash expense under depreciation on their financial statements. But that's a really good prompt, like I say, a good starting point for the discussion about what you should be putting aside because that depreciation line item is based on the assets that you own about which your accountant already knows. That, that's probably not an exhaustive list of assets, so it is a starting point. But organisations are already reflecting that um, consideration of long-term asset replacement on their financial statements through that inclusion of the line item. So make the most of that, you know, because often I've I've heard a treasurer during an AGM say, "Oh yeah, you know, we made a bit of a loss, but that's that's really attributable to this non-cash expense depreciation line item." So we've actually got more money in the bank at the end of this year than we did at the end of last year. So don't worry about that depreciation line item. Yeah. Worry about it <laughs> because you're going to need to replace your assets. At and some you should point. have been making extra money by having better fee structures and then all of your other money being crammed. Yeah. Yep. And you don't know that unless you do the analysis. So this is the way to do the analysis. So that's it. It is really that simple. It does take a bit of thinking through what's sport related, what's not. But if you just use our template, it's all laid out there for you. Yep. So this template is a four page or four sheet or four tab Excel workbook. It's really easy. You just plug in the numbers. As, as you said, Steve, you just take your last as a good starting point, but then we'll talk about zero-based budgeting at some point in the future as well. So what should it be? Not just what is it based on what it has been. And then plug in the figures that you've got there and make a little adjustment for what you think it might be this year or indeed do that zero-based budgeting and, the, and put it into the first column. And then the rest of the columns are going to automatically populate. So they'll just, and it's it's just taken a 3% growth per year on everything because that's in the middle of the two to four percent target band of the RBA anyway. So just put it around there and, and that's going to give you a snapshot view of what things are going, how things are going to move in the future and indeed how your pricing needs to move in the future. Yeah. So to get a copy of this, simply jump onto our website and send us a contact. We'll send it no charge, of course, for sending this to you. Um, you can get us at, send us an email to info at cprgroup.com.au or go to our website, cprgroup.com.au and click on contact us. And there's also a resource request uh, opportunity in there as well. So you can just send that to us and we'll get something straight to you. And you're going to love this. If you get into this, you're going to go, holy crap. Of, you, you, you're definitely going to learn. How did we not know that? You'll say it is. It is super cool, and the, the, I'm very confident in saying that, Steve. Because as you have, I've seen the looks on literally thousands of people's faces as we've presented this to them. They go, "Wow, <laughs> I never knew that." This is going to make my life easier, and I'm not going to be the one who's <laughs> bearing the brunt of grumpy parents. Yeah, because I yeah. can point to this, don't you? Yep. The messenger man. Yeah, there we go. Look, we've done the. Ma- if you can do better, then by all means. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It is really helpful. Steve, it has been wonderful talking to you about money. This is, as I very often say, talking about money in the world of community sport is one of my favourite things to do because it's often overlooked and there's so much mm. untapped opportunity. So these two little yep. episodes have been a great opportunity for us to do that. So thank you for joining me on this journey today. Thank you for having me, as always. <laughs> Thanks, of course, to Jess, our wonderful editor and producer, for making us sound better than we actually do. If you're not already following us on social media, make sure you do. You can get in contact with us via our website, as I said, or info at cprgroup.com.au, or you can even pick up the phone and give us a call. We like talking to people, believe it it or not. And Everyone probably does believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Not shut up on all of our episodes. Actually, yeah, they do believe it. (laughs) And until next time, I look forward to sharing Basket Casey goodness with you again soon. See you, Steve. Thanks, Mick. See ya. Bye.